Hey guys, it's Antiquated Ideas, and today um, I wanted to talk about voting. So it seems like voting has been something that's in the public eye recently, um, more than it usually is. Um, I can't remember exactly when, uh, but it was uh, relatively recently as of the date that this is published um, that Georgia had made a new bill regarding voting. And we also saw H.R. 1 be proposed. Um, I think it's called the For the People Act. Yeah, it is. So that also, it aims to expand um, the ability to vote. And that's something that I want to get into. Um, I was thinking about, and I'd like it if you guys let me know however you do. Um, I, I was thinking about starting a series that I do on and off um, regarding our rights as individuals as per the Constitution and um, kind of just analyzing like the historical uh, context for it um, why certain rights are controversial um, so you know number one obviously we'd have the right to bear arms um, the right to freedom of speech but also you know more niche things um, even like voting. Voting is, is a good topic for that. So um, I guess that's something that I thought would be interesting. Um, I think I'll probably give it a, a trial episode anyway. Um, I'll just pick one of the controversial ones out of a hat and we'll see how it goes from there. So I'm going to try and do that in either the next one or the one after that. But I just thought I'd let you guys know and definitely give me feedback on that. Let me know if you guys like that sort of thing. <clears throat> but let's just jump right into it here then. Um, it's fairly interesting that people are so upset over voting the way that they are. Um, but to illustrate that, let's talk about this this bill that um, Georgia, this new law, the laws, plural, that Georgia is putting forward. Um, so number one, it shrinks the window for early and absentee voting. Um it, it was that you could start requesting ballots 78 days out, um, but now counties can begin sending ballots to voters only 29 days before Election Day, um, rather than 49 days previously, as if, I mean, I really, I don't think that's a big deal. Um, if anything, I see that as an improvement. Um, so, really... Shrinking the window for early and absentee voting, I think, is a good move, uh, especially on the the accountability aspect for the government, because you look at um, exactly what happened with Biden and uh, this whole, like, stop the steal movement with Trump, um, which, by the way, you know, I'm sure you guys know by now, I'm not the biggest Trump fan out there. I'm not, like, you know, diehard. Uh, Trump was sent here by God to... Um, you know, make America great again, whatever, I don't know, um, I do think, though, that he, he was pretty good, and he was good at illustrating the flaws with the government, uh, particularly with the left, and so, anyway, I truly believe that he should have gotten reelected. I think that's how things would have swung, I really do believe that there's, a more than substantial evidence to say that voter fraud took place, you know, among a multitude of different governments. But, you know, I mean, that that kind of comes in part with uh, 
you know, boxes of ballots being found on the side of the road and people are just like, hey, I'm going to take these because, yeah, I'm sure they they just, you know, somebody just dropped them there. Let's count them, you know. Uh, yeah, they're definitely real. All these ballots that were getting in and uh, they didn't have any other vote on them except Joe Biden. That's it. Literally, that's it. There's literally videos on TikTok of uh, people ripping up ballots for Trump. So, I mean, I don't know. That sounds like fraud. You know, that sounds like something that you could probably maybe just a little bit consider to be wrong. But what do I know, right? I'm not the expert on voter fraud here. I'm not the court. So, and I also remember, you know, I... A little bit of a tangent, but I do remember um, Trump said he was going to go after um, Biden legally. Uh, so I guess we'll see if anything further comes of that. That would be interesting. That really would be interesting. Um, I'd like to see that happen. Um, there were a lot of theories, but anyway, that's getting into that like QAnon bullshit, um, which if you believe in that, I'm sorry. It's quite literally a psyop so you should do your research there because that's just weird but anyway shrinking the window for early and absentee voting um yeah it stops you know all this bullshit with the recounts and uh, how long it takes and it also decreases the amount of time that people have to commit fraud which would you know that's something we can typically agree is a good thing Mm. If you're a good adult and you actually want to vote, shortening the uh, time <laughs> that you have to request ballots or that they get sent out uh, by 20 days, yeah, that's not a lot. That's not a huge change. That's something easily manageable. Um, you know, if, if you're voting, you definitely have, it's a responsibility. As much as it is a right, it's a responsibility. So you should be looking to to be responsible in how you vote. You would think that that's common knowledge, and most people would say they are responsible with how they vote, but we look at them, they're not fucking responsible at all. Um, but anyway, the next part, counties in the state can send mail, um, mail ballot applications only to voters who request them. Um, I, again, part of this, how is that a problem? New voter ID requirements. Now, this is the one that uh, people are getting really very upset for. So, um, taking it right from, this is the Washington Post, so biased against it. But anyway, um, it says, this provision, which replaces a signature match previously used to confirm voters' identities, is one of the most controversial because... Critics say it is likely to disproportionately affect black voters. Wow, I bet you didn't see that one coming. Not one bit. And that's the card that everyone likes to play, right? And this is the main topic. I was just waiting till we got to that point. This is the main thing I wanted to talk about. <clears throat> new ID requirements. New voting requirements. I think, if anything... It should be harder to vote than it is. And this is where HR1 comes in because HR1 is a complete 180. It's the absolute opposite of this. 
So on one hand, you have a few people trying to push to uh, restrict voting requirements, which is smart, by the way. And then on the other hand, you have HR1 that wants to just outright get rid of like half of the things that you need. So ID, yeah, fuck that. You don't need ID to vote. 18, nah, you don't. You can let a fucking 12-year-old vote for all we care. I mean, but that's the Democrats, you know? And I, I don't like playing that game, oh, Republicans versus Democrats, because equally they're pretty fucking stupid. Um, unfortunately, one side happens to be marginally better than the other, I believe. But... Yeah, that's that's the fucking Democrat game. That's what they're doing. They say, oh, it's it's going to increase uh, inclusivity or, or you know, uh, I don't know, the, the equality, all these buzzwords that they like to use, um, when in reality it's just a ploy so that they can get more people to vote for them. Of course, that's how it always works uh, because they like to promise these things, right? They like to promise oh, we're going to um, give out more federal aid if you vote for us to get reelected. Now, you know, the federal aid comes along, and or the, I'm sorry, the next election comes along. You know, Mr. Joe Biden, if he's somehow alive, uh, he would get voted in again, and then they'd be like, well, here's your $300 federal aid, thanks for voting for me, and then go and fuck the country over like he's been doing. Um so it's definitely, um, it's a it's a trick, and they also in HR one they also said this thing to talk about dark money exposing this quote unquote dark money, where they want to have people, um, basically in their in their um, campaign ads they would have to list who their major donors are, things like that, which. <clears throat> I actually don't see that as bad. I I think that is a huge positive, but. At the same time, are they going to do that? Probably not, because most of them are funded by, you know, like, um, Microsoft, Bill Gates, uh, George Soros. I mean, call me a conspiracy theorist all you want, but those are the people that fund them. Otherwise, you know, the DNC should be broke by now. But um, anyway, it's very interesting to me that people think that, you should just be able to vote all willy-nilly. You know, you can just walk up and vote. And that's why I knew, I knew it, I knew it, I should have bet fucking money on it that they were going to pull the race card. One, because they always do. I mean, when have they not pulled the race card? And it's funny, actually, because it was a lot of Democrats that were putting in Jim Crow laws, and now, um, you know, Joe Biden... Uh, the Bidenator himself, he went back, uh, um, I can't remember what interview it was in, and he was like, oh, this is modern Jim Crow, when, I'm, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm pretty sure he was fighting <laughs> to r either reinstate or extend Jim Crow laws, and which is funny. I mean, also, you know, he has made multiple racist, very racist quotes. Because that that's how the Democrats used to be. The Democrats were an incredibly racist party. They they always have been up until recently. Mm. So the hypocrisy is always um, entertaining to say the least. Um, 
I, w- I would say at best it's entertaining. At worst, it's frightening. Um, you don't really want that for your government. You know, a, a lying sack of shit that comes in the form of every politician to run on that platform ever. Yeah, very cool. Um, I, I love it when our majority ruling government, well, probably all of them, you know, if you really want to get into it. But yeah, when the majority ruling government is quite literally a dictatorial regime that is under the guise of democracy. Um, again, is nobody going to touch on the fact that you don't need 20,000 soldiers to put a president in place? That's quite literally unprecedented. I mean, are we just going to ignore that? You want to talk about voting. You want to talk about like the, the absolute blasphemy that this is, um, the absolute sacrilege in terms of voting and honoring the vote. If people were really confident in their vote, number one, you wouldn't even need to worry about riots or um, somebody trying to kill the the newly elected president. Um, I mean, they've always tried to do it, so that's why the government has security, you know. Yeah, there's always been a few individuals that are, you know, off the hook, but um, you don't need to have soldiers if you truly believe that your system works. It's a sign that the system isn't working. It's a sign that not even the people in power trust the system. That's why they've rigged it. Now, and it's it's a clear sign that they've rigged the system because they're forcing themselves into power, you know, kind of silencing their opposition here. And, oh, Jesus, did you hear my voice? That was ridiculous. I don't know what that was. It was like a wheeze or something. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to take a drink of water. Gee, that fucking hurt. So, um, getting back into the restriction side of it, um, yeah, if anything, I think that, that people should, at, at the very least, be able to pass a literacy test, and they should have a, um, uh, a current ID that they can give to the people, you know, they can check, make sure, hey, this is actually who they say they are, and instead of having some other uh, bullshit system. I also think that in terms of being a counter for the votes, um, there should be a lot more vetting, I believe. Um, You know, the same way that the military is going through people's backgrounds right now and seeing if they've said anything extremist, um, God forbid, you know, people in the military have hardcore opinions about anything at all or be right-wing at all. Could you imagine that? If the government, or uh, I'm sorry, if the military was conservative, you know, people in the military were conservative-leaning, wow, that would be absolutely insane. I don't think we could, you know, have a military that's conservative, that's right-leaning. That would be bad. Um, That would be literally Hitler, right? Yeah, that's what they say. Um, Anyway, yeah, um, I think that what they're doing to the troops, they should do exactly to the people that are counting the ballots. Because, you, I mean, yeah, for the military, sure, I could understand. You want to vet people, make sure you're not going to get somebody that is going to go and shoot up the base, um, you know, something like that. 
or steal and sell weapons. Or, you know, those are definite concerns. But you also want to make sure that in the civilian side of things, our literal, our government, that all things are going correctly there, that there's no foul play. And it's always funny to me that we bring up this race card when it comes to a literacy test. And historically, it's because Jim Crow laws, they did use literacy tests to prevent black people from voting, which I agree, it's wrong, right? But if we put a literacy test across the board right now, there's going to be a lot of white people that aren't going to be able to pass that test either. And I don't have a problem with that. Because if you can't fucking read, you should not be voting. Obviously, you don't understand the, the system at all. I actually think that you should have to pass some sort of test um, regarding the basic functions of our government in order to vote as well. Um, you know, whether it be something that you do when you turn 18 or um, just something that you do when you register to vote, you know, in general. Just saying that you understand. It can even be a fucking one-time thing. Although I don't think it should be. I think it should be, you know, every election you have to fucking pass this test. Um, or every second one or whatever, you know, like every eight years, something like that. Um, but I can understand how that would turn into a problem. So that's asking a little bit much. And it ends up being a little bit bureaucratic for my taste. So, you know, there's always a balance to be had there. Like I always say but it's not specifically against black people either because if it's a problem that black people can't read i wouldn't say that they have unequal access to schooling at this point um i would say that the problem if black people don't learn to read it's their culture it's this cycle that they get themselves into. You know, they would talk about this fucking cycle of poverty bullshit. Okay, I've known a few people in my life, right? You know, some of them, yes, they understand the cycle of poverty. They look at the people around them and they say, maybe I should not get involved in this shit. And not even all of them are black. Some of them are white people, too, that they just get caught up in the, you know, the drugs and and gang shit and all that and then they say no you know what i need to get out of that because i need a future so looking at people like that and especially in the black community i i find it funny that that black culture um uh, as i perceive it anyway as a non-black person perceives it um it seems like when a black person makes it out of that, you know, treacherous cycle of poverty that just exists on its own uh, of no no one's volition, it's just there, it was just created. It's fucking stupid, by the way. Democrats talk about, oh, this cycle of poverty affects black people. Okay, that's literally like the budget way of saying that black people are too stupid to make money. That's you could directly make that comparison. They always talk about how there's these these um, roadblocks in the way preventing black people from getting education, making money, getting out of uh, where they are. And then they'll always try and kind of deflect it on the white people. Um, 
But really, all you're saying is that black people either don't have the willpower to succeed or they're too stupid to succeed. That's what you're saying by just saying that this cycle of poverty just exists. Because then you're saying it's a it's a problem that's specific to the black community. Which, by the way, if you listen to how politicians talk, you're going to hear that a lot. If you start listening for it and you start thinking about the statements that they're making about the black community, you'll realize that they're literally using this quote-unquote cycle of poverty against black people. Because... What they'll do is use a very eloquent speech and rouse up black people and say that they need to vote for the Democrats because the Democrats are going to give them more equal rights, they're going to free them, blah, 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 you know, all these things. And that's not at all what they're doing. They're actually insulting them right to their face. But they like to use the fact that a lot of the black community thinks they need to vote for the Democrats against them, and also the fact that, yeah, there are a lot of black people who don't care about education, and a lot of older black people that didn't have the same access to education. And now that one, I will say, they didn't have the same access to, because in, in some cases, they didn't. And in big cities, a lot of times, not, you know, not even white people have access to that. I shouldn't say not even white people, because in a city, um, it's a city. It's filthy, disgusting, and dirty. And, but anyway, I would say listen. Listen for that, because it's, it's funny how they, they... It's funny in the sense that it's fucked up, that they're literally insulting black people i mean it's really backhanded compliment compliments every single time um so uh, keep an eye out for that they they're tricky with their words i mean it's the same thing that you do in business if you want to insult somebody in business you have to be creative about it um you know um say somebody shows up in uh bmw right then you could say, you know, you drive a Mercedes, whatever. So you're talking to this person and you start talking to them and you're like, oh, I love your BMW, you know, um, I see you got like the the M package, um, you know, BMW M cars. Um, say you got the M sport package and blah, blah, blah. And they ask you, they're like, oh, well, what do you drive, right? You know, that sort of thing. Say it's, it's just, you're trying to be this very business thing, like, you know, people in suits, they want to use cars to show off, um, and they say, you know, what do you drive, and you're like, oh, well, I drive this Mercedes AMG, you know, it, oh, it's nothing, it's, you know, it's just like, I only paid like 130 grand for it, but that's nothing, you know, um, it just has the diamond encrusted steering wheel, but that's just because I'm better than you, basically, um, that's how, that's kind of how this plays out, you know, in, in layman's terms. Um, it's that sort of like backhanded compliment. Um, I actually, I had a teacher, not a teacher. Um, to be honest, I don't really remember what her position was. I think she was she's kind of like a counselor. Um, but anyway, uh, I was speaking to her about my classes and, and, um, she wanted to talk to me about my future when I was in high school and all that. And so I wanted to go to Germany at the time. I actually got accepted to um, Freie Universität, uh, I think it was. I think that's how you say university. Um, 
fuck if I remember at this point. But anyway, um, good good school in Berlin. Um, I wanted to go there, and so anyway, she's talking to me, and she we're going over my plans and whatnot, and no kid really fully knows exactly what they want to do. So we were talking about it, and she goes, she says to me, well, I could see how you would be very good at couch hopping. And I was like, what? You know, immediately. Like, wait a minute. Are you saying what I think you're saying? And she goes, oh, you know, I could just see you living a transient lifestyle and, and, and being good at surviving off of it. And I'm like, oh, okay. So basically she's saying that I'd be good at going nowhere in life, you know. Um, that's this kind of devil play that they, devil's advocate that they play with you sometimes. Um, they like to twist the words around. I mean, I know that's not devil's advocate, but, but they will do that sometimes. Um, just, I don't know, keep an eye out for that. But again, that ties it into, that's why I think that people should be literate to vote because you have to have at least some basic understanding of how these politicians are lying to you in order to accurately vote. And that's why it's such a big, huge problem is because the people that say uh, voting access should be more free are always going to try and take the moral high ground. They're going to say, oh, well, it's liberating for people that can't read and everyone should have the right to participate in their government. Here's another hot fucking take, okay? And it's something that a lot of people disagree with. And it's something that even a lot of conservatives disagree with. I think the Electoral College is good. And I will tell you, the Electoral College is good for one reason and one very major reason. It gives the common person the perception that they can partake directly in their government. They fucking can't. It doesn't matter. I mean, that shit, you know, you can't, you can't only go by the popular vote because there's there's a very good analogy as to why popular vote is bad and there were a few major greek philosophers who actually disagreed very heavily um, with democracy because it leads to an idiocracy um like the movie no but yes um but no watch the movie you'll see what i mean anyway um Let's say that you have a dentist and you have a candy shop person. Now, on one hand, the dentist is going to say, you can't eat candy anymore. It's bad for your teeth. Let's say your teeth are fucked up. He's going to say, I'm going to have to remove your teeth. Okay. On the other hand, you're going to have a guy that says, I have candy. Candy is sweet. It tastes good. It makes you feel good. Therefore, it must be good right? Whereas the doctor, the dentist is going to say, well, no. And here's why, you know, the sugar is in it, it breaks down your teeth. And uh, while it might taste good, it's also addicting. And at the same time, it's very bad for your health. But how are people going to vote? They're not going to vote based off of what the dentist says. The dentist says, well, I can provide you with care. And I can do what's best for you, but it's not always going to feel good. Whereas the candy guy is going to say, well, if it feels good, it is good. And now, while I feel that way about music, 
the you know the process of creating music and i don't i i know that i've said it before and i don't want you to um mistake my perception of that um as to what i'm saying here because this is the illusion of something being good because a lot of times people like to say that they don't understand that hard decisions sometimes are bad you know you you have to have sacrifice in order to have something better so in this theoretical vote you could see how this candy shop guy would get voted in even though he's only there to make a profit okay people are going to pay him because they like him and they like what he sells not because it's good for them not because he's doing the right thing and definitely not because he cares about them just because he wants to make money this is how he chooses to make money whereas with the dentist and mind you i don't even like dentists i don't like a lot of doctors but the dentist is there to say this is what needs to be done for your health and because he's not giving you this grand illusion of gold and you know all things glittering and shiny then people aren't going to like it that's something else that has to be understood um, about democracy and about voting in general so that's why you know the electoral college is actually a very good system we didn't go through years of discussion with the continental congress and and our founding fathers to come up with this system all because it's arbitrary no it's there for a very specific purpose and that purpose it really is to take away the popular vote because the popular vote is a danger but it's also dangerous if the common people don't have a say in politics it's common if number one or i'm sorry it's a problem if number one they don't actually have a say because people do need to um, have some sort of uh, word in their government. Otherwise, it shouldn't be recognized as their government. However, it's equally as dangerous if people perceive that they don't have say in their government, especially in a democratic country. I would say that the perception of the ability to vote and the ability to change the government is actually more dangerous than the legitimate ability of the people to do so. And that's where the Electoral College comes in. That's, that's kind of this point that I'm trying to make where it saves us really and we don't think about it because people always say we need to get rid of it and blah 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 and i guarantee you these people that want to expand voting rights with hr1 they're also going to say that we should get rid of the electoral college which i would then actually urge all of you to message um give give an email or a letter or something to your representatives and tell them not to vote for this bill to strike it down um, but see that right there. Okay. That is a way that you can directly get involved in your government. That is how you have a say. If you go around and you notice, okay, a lot of us perceive that, um, marijuana should be recreational. Okay. Which by the way, 
I'm sure, you know, I think it should. Um, but then you can take that. You can take that opinion. Go ask people around. Would you sign this petition saying that marijuana should be recreational? You can have your reasons for it, right? Whatever those reasons are. And then you take that petition, whether it has two names or 2,000 names on it, and you send it to your representatives and say, here's what we think. This is what should be done. As my representative, you know, I vote you into power. You should represent my interest. And that's also where I think the beauty of um, the right to bear arms comes in. There's a really good quote, and it was so good that I'm actually going to find it for you, which is a rarity. So you're privileged here. That's what you get for listening to an extra long episode. Um, it was this quote right here. Um, it says, when the government takes away citizens' right to bear arms, it becomes citizens' duty to take away the government's right to govern. Who do you think said that, by the way? Give me a guess. It was George Washington. So, I would say that Washington was a humble man. But, anyway, I digress. Um, I'm going to give that to you as a closing statement because I'm starting to get off topic. And I just want you guys to think about how is voting, how is the access to voting beneficial or um, detrimental to our society and to the actual governing system? Because there is a very fine line between what a government should do and what a government needs to do. What is for the benefit of the people and just what the people want. And that's why politics is such a hard thing. So, anyway, I want to leave it there. Um, same shit as usual. Let me know what you guys think. Um, thanks for listening.